everybody. Thank you for joining us. My name is Ashley. And I'm Bianca. And we're Let's Get Dark. Thanks for waiting for us forever. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Thank- <laughs> Thanks, guys. Y'all are the best. Uh, let's just get started today, I guess, if you let's, want. Let's do just, it. Let's just, just get, get into it. Let's just get into it. On the morning of June 4th, 2010, crowds gathered throughout the Skyline Elementary School for the annual science fair in Portland, Oregon. On this morning, all seven doors going in and out of the school were unlocked, and more than 400 extra people filled the school to view the students' science exhibits. In what some may chalk up to be a small-town mentality, no one was made to check in or out of the building, no one wore name tags, and when later asked if anyone attending had seen anyone strange hanging around, it's understandable that there wasn't one singular suspicious person that anyone could identify because the school was filled with unidentified strangers that day. It was under these chaotic circumstances that seven-year-old second grader Kyron Horman went missing. Kyron was born on September 9th of 2002 in Portland, Oregon, to parents Desiree Young and Kane Horman. They had divorced eight months into Desiree's pregnancy with Kyron. Desiree later married Tony Young, who was a detective at the Medford, Oregon Police Department, and they lived about 169 miles away from Kane. Desiree and Kane shared custody until 2004, but when Desiree was diagnosed with kidney failure that required extensive medical intervention, Kane took over full custody of Kyron. In 2007, Kane married substitute teacher, a substitute teacher from Roseburg, Oregon, named Terry Moulton, who he had actually become romantically involved with in 2001 while he and Desiree were still in the middle of getting their divorce. In December of 2008, their daughter, Kiara, was born. And that's a mess. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's such a mess, but dude. It is. It really is. I mean, not to throw stones because, I mean, sure, I'm a mess, too. Yeah. But the thing, the whole thing is a mess. Plus, it may or may not play an enormous role in why Kyron went missing mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So the night before his disappearance, Desiree, his mother, talked to Kyron on the phone about their plans for the weekend upcoming. She was going to have custody of him that weekend. They were uh, discussing sharing their favorite dessert, which is a chocolate peanut butter pie, and generally just kind of excited about the upcoming weekend. So the next morning, Kyron had arrived to school Friday, June 4th, wearing his favorite CSI shirt with his stepmom. Terry, and 19-month-old half-sister in his father's white 2005 Ford F-250. His stepmother, Terry, typically never drove the truck as a pretty strict rule, as she had a candy apple red Ford Mustang GT with vanity plates, of course she did, (laughs) that she far preferred. And the vanity plates were just, you know, if you're curious, it really has no bearing on anything, was red squirrel <laughs> supposedly because of her red hair i think that's an odd choice of uh a vanity plate <laughs> actually i mean i think i've seen like a handful of vanity plates that i was like oh clever yes. but the rest of them like why right right go I, through it there's a there's somebody who has a vanity plate on their something and it's 
like oh 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 w oh 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 and i'm like why what's the point what is that ow ow <laughs> oh that's, that's what it is that is it <laughs> ow ow like that probably <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. When you said that, I was like, maybe that one's not so bad. <laughs> I don't know. If it makes me laugh, I'm like, okay. Sure. But uh, some of them that are just like, never mind. I'm now, now I can't think of one. And I'm like, if it just said boobs, and but I don't think they would even let you have one. I doubt it. They're very strict about the. It's impolite in polite society to have a boobs calculator <laughs> license plate. All right. So, it is not clear why Terry had driven the truck that morning as she had taken Chiron and his diorama on red-eyed tree frogs, which is what he did his uh, project about, to the school the day prior when the students presented their projects to each other. And Friday was just the day that everyone was coming to the school, like family and whatnot, were coming to the school to view the projects. So it is a little bit odd that you would think she probably would rather drive her car mm -hmm. under normal Friday circumstances, but who knows. In addition to the science fair, it was the next to the last week of school for the year, and Chiron was extremely excited to visit his mother, Desiree, in Medford, which was a few hours, like you said, south of Portland. His stepfather had a boat, and they had plans to fish and camp, and he would spend time with his cousin, Mason. He was for sure seen that morning in his classroom, which was number 213, which was in the southwest corner of the second floor, which was the main floor of the school. His class was a combination of second and third grade and was instructed by Christina Porter. He was seen there by his friends and classmates, Ellie, Curtis, Carson, and Tanner. His stepmother, Terry, took a picture of him in front of his science project, as well as taking a photo of Ellie in front of hers. Ellie's mother, Alice, saw Chiron in his classroom as well at that time. After that, he was also seen downstairs visiting the classroom of his kindergarten and first grade teacher, Scott Macbeth. After the visit, he and Terry went back upstairs using separate stairs. His friend Tanner passed him on the stairs located by the front entrance, and Terry said that she stood at the top of the stairs at the east end of the hallway, which was located by the gym, and waved at Chiron as he walked into his classroom. That afternoon at 1.21 p.m., Terry had posted the photo that she'd taken of Chiron on Facebook and then sent Desiree an email telling her that she'd posted the photo. Following that email, she sent another one telling Desiree about a school t-shirt order and then confirming their summer plans. So the two families had developed a system to minimize contact with each other while still co-parenting as it was, like we said, a kind of a messy situation through all the years of them trying to co-parent together. Typically, Terry would put a flash drive of photos in Kyron's backpack when he would go to his mom's house so that she would get all the newest photos. And typically before a visit, Terry would call Desiree, but she had not done this on the afternoon of June 4th. Um, also, you know, why... Why was his dad not doing some of this stuff, too? Yeah, why are like, the two moms involved? Like, of course. Where's the dad? Where's... Exactly. I mean, I'm sure... I know he was working, and I know, I guess, if you have made some kind of arrangement where you're not working and he's working that you take over, but it is just, like, Terry's calling her to do this and that, and it's also just, like, that's probably only making the situation worse. Yeah, if you're truly Make being a co-parent, it's mom and dad, not that, yeah. not that a stepmom can't be a mom, but, like... 
Well, and you shouldn't force sure. her to be the sole interactor between mom and, you know? Exactly. Like, that doesn't, that's only, like, making things probably more tense between the two. For sure. In general. So that just, okay. Anyway. It's all, I just, okay. I'm just like, okay. I'm, I'm getting annoyed already. <laughs> I'm, even though I, there, I don't like, you know, eh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to just stop. Okay. I'm going to go on and say something, like, that is just probably rude. Desiree and Terry did not have the best relationship. Wow, and that's such a shock. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> I can't believe it. As there were discrepancies about when Kane and Terry started their relationship, you know, as you had said, uh, I think like the consensus that what they try to uh, that what they've tried to say is that it started at the end after they were getting divorced, but. Um, I know, De- and I know this is kind of irrelevant, sort of, but, and then I know Desiree said it started while she was pregnant, mm-hmm. so it, you know, it's, uh, it's clear that the, the family, there was some tense interactions between them in general. Uh, so when, when she was asked what happened that morning, Terry said that she stood at the top of the stairs, watched him go into his classroom, and then she and Kayla left. At 3.15, she and Kane and Kayla went to meet the school bus, but Kyron wasn't on it, and then they'd rush to the school to see what was going on. That day at Skyline wasn't just the science fair, but also a talent show that happened in the afternoon. Since Kyron hadn't been a part of the talent show, his absence hadn't caught the attention of anyone at that point. Which is mildly hard to believe that a kid, a second grader, cannot be in class. Just because he wasn't a part of the talent show, like... Or just in general, and it doesn't... Somehow just goes... Unnoticed. Unnoticed yes. for the entire day. It's like, I... Surely, even when I was in elementary, I feel like it was stricter than that. But maybe not. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. It just didn't seem like anyone in the world could just, like, come in and be like, shloop. No. I, that was me. That was, that was a, me snatching up a kid and I remember leaving. because my parents were divorced when I was, like, in – I remember, like, specifically preschool, first grade, second grade, um, before my mom remarried. Like, I remember that there was, like, very, very strict rules regarding whether my biological father could pick me up. Um, yeah. Like, he, my preschool and school had to be told much far – like, very far in advance that he was picking me up. Otherwise, it was my grandmother or my mom. Maybe, maybe it really is a smaller town mentality. It, I mean, maybe that really has sure. to be the problem here. I don't know. It just seems like crazy that you could have an event where so many strangers can come in mm-hmm. and just be out of there with a the kid without much... anybody knowing. Yeah. Oh, so Desiree was immediately suspicious of the situation, and she knew that Terry's claim that she had waved goodbye to Chiron from the top of that particular stairway couldn't be true because you can't see Chiron's room from the top of that stairway. I don't know if that's true, but just letting her comments be known. Desiree and Tony headed to Portland, and... Tony was, like you had said, a 20-year veteran of the police department. He thought that the first, or he knew that the first 48 hours after someone goes missing are the most critical, and the first three to four hours after a child is abducted are when victimization and murder happen. So it was pretty crucial, and we kind of already missed those mm-hmm. points, you know, because no one really knew that he went missing until 3 p.m. Uh, the night of his disappearance, Skyline Elementary's parking lot had been transformed into a command center for law enforcement, and the lights lit up the night sky in that rather rural area. 
There were RVs filling the parking area while other vehicles parked across the road at the church and at a nearby fire station. Lights from generators, headlights, stadium lights, searchlights, and helicopters shining their lights into the woods completely illuminated the night. At that point, the two major crime scenes were the Horman home and the school, which were both in unincorporated Multnomah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I don't know. Both were in unincorporated Multnomah County outside the city of Portland. There were police everywhere inside and outside of the home, sorting out details, assigning positions in the investigation, and more law enforcement would arrive the next day, which included searchers and loan cars from other counties all over the state of Oregon. Six months prior, Tony, Kyron's stepfather, had collected DNA and fingerprints from him and his brother Quinn and had locked them in a safe in their home, which... Some I remember reading it because I remember this case like this was one that when I worked at this construction company, I would just read about all the time because it happened while I was there. And I remember everybody was like, that's super weird that he did that. Like, that's super weird. Um, Why would he have done that? And then I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree. But also, if you're a cop, you know, maybe that's just something that your like mind thinks I got to have fingerprints on hand. But also they had, I guess, hoped it was going to do more. Mm to help than it really ever has. Um, All the parents had prepared a timeline of their goings on that day, though Terry had a bit of trouble with her timeline. Weird. (laughs) In going over the timelines, Kane said that he and Kyron had a moment to themselves on Friday morning. Kane told him how proud he was of Kyron for working so hard on his science project and promised that they would play some games together on their Wii game station when he got home from school thank but you for i'm like for also letting me know that a we was a well, game station. <laughs> <laughs> do you even call it a game station no is that even like a thing <laughs> no grandmother <laughs> plus i i'm just i'm just sitting there thinking it sounds bad they were gonna they were gonna play together later on his weed does not sound good if you don't know what that is i would say if you had to say something i would say console is what I would say. Game console. <laughs> I don't know necessarily know that I'd say game station. It sounded like you were trying to say like Game Boy and PlayStation at the same time, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> My only two references with games <laughs> in in first hand experience. Oh fuck gosh. Such an old lady. <laughs> That's a rough, that's a rough development. (laughs) Hold on. Kane then spent the morning and early afternoon at his job at Intel and arrived home around 2 p.m. to find Terry on a laptop downstairs. As we already heard, at 3.15, he said Terry and he, he, he said he, Terry and Kayla had walked down the road to meet Kyron at his bus stop and watched as several of their neighbor's children got off the bus, but Kyron was not there. He'd asked the bus driver to call the school, incredibly confused, thinking that maybe Kyron had been under the impression that they were picking him up from school. But when the bus driver called, Kane was not there. And so the three made their way to Skyline Elementary to see what was up. And then came the details of Terry's day. And actually, like, she tells, like, so many different stories. Yeah. Like, even if they're mild changes or just, like, slight variations. So she's already, like, kind of told one and now we've got this other one. Like, now we're going to hear the second mm-hmm. one. And we'll probably hear a few alterations to that 
as, as we go on. By. So she stated that she left the school at about 8.45 a.m. and last remembered seeing him walk down the hall to his first class, which was a math class, but he was actually never seen in the class itself and was marked absent that day. She said she'd taken the photo of Kyron at 8.45 that morning and walked out of the school with Kayla at 8.50. She said she'd parked the truck in the school parking lot. After leaving the school at 8.50, she said she stopped at two uh, Fred Meyer grocery stores, one on Northwest Embry Drive in Hillsboro, about five miles south of the school, and the other on Southwest Walker Road in Beaverton, a few miles southeast. She said she'd been looking for cold medication for Kayla, who'd had an ear infection or an earache. Then she stopped at the 24-hour fitness on Twin Oaks Drive in Beaverton. She worked out there until about 1240, and by 12, she arrived home and posted pics, pictures of Chiron at the science fair on Facebook. She then spent the rest of the afternoon emailing and texting friends until came, Kane came home. It was at about this time, 3.30, that Terry and Kane walked with Kiara to the bus stop to pick up Chiron, where the bus driver told them that he hadn't boarded the bus after school and to call the school to ask where he was. So from 940 in the morning to her stop at the 24-hour fitness, Terry's goings-on were unaccounted for for that day. A detail that she shrugged off, saying she'd been driving around trying to get Kiara, who was fussy and had an earache, to fall asleep. So then once she finally got the baby to sleep, she stopped at the 24-hour fitness to wake her up. It sounds weird, but okay. I, I just think... After all that effort that you're putting in to trying to get this child to fall asleep, why in the world would the next step be, okay, let, let me, me get her out of the car. Out. Let me go get her out of the car <laughs> and give her, you know, oh, I mean, unless she was like, I'm just going to give her over to these 24-hour fitness people. Yeah. No, it doesn't <laughs> make sense like to me either. Idea. The whole story okay. is weird. It is. After learning that Kyron wasn't on the bus, Kane and Terry arrived at the school at 3.56 p.m. The school secretary said that as far as anyone knew, he had not been at school since early that day, and he had been marked absent from his classes. The school called 911, and police dispatched the, at 3.59, arriving only minutes later. They told the school secretary to make the emergency notification to call Kyron's mother, which she did at 4.24 p.m. At 4.33, additional officers from Portland, from the Portland Police Bureau, and the MCSO, the Multima County <laughs> Sheriff's Office, arrived at Skyline and Kane's home. At 5.30, a message was sent by Portland Public Schools to the phone of families across the school district saying that Kyron Horman, a second grader at Skyline Elementary School, had not arrived home. At 7, MCS's Detective Sergeant Lee Gosson alerted the county's on-call S&E coordinator, Sergeant Travis Goldberg to begin a formal missing person search for Chiron. Between 7 to 7.45 p.m., Sheriff Dan Statton called the FBI to notify them of Chiron's disappearance. Although school staff and police had swept the school, trained searchers were called in and arrived at 8.09 p.m. At 8.15, Lieutenant Lindstrand arrived and spoke with the media and began distributing the photo Terry had taken of Chiron that mer morning, that morning <laughs> to the media. <laughs> At 8.25 p.m., the SNR coordinator, Deputy Mark Heron, arrived. 
At 9.48 p.m. Mountain Wave, an emergency communications and SNR group arrived on the scene. And when I say SNR, I'm saying search and rescue. Search and rescue. Sorry. Like, I just keep saying SNR. Well, it's okay. You don't have to say search and rescue every time. (laughs) At 10.40, the police uh, reported that they had completed a search of the school, including all crawl spaces, storage areas, classrooms, and outbuildings. Additionally, they searched the Horman house and property. And the house. (laughs) I know I said house. (laughs) No, I know, but I'm just thinking it's like they they searched the Horman house. (laughs) Okay. So Terry had some theories that she threw out to law enforcement, which included the janitor that she mentioned to Kyron's mother, Desiree, who she had found suspicious, she says. She said maybe Kyron had gone outside to play or to look for a tree frog for his exhibit. Maybe he left the school to explore the horse barns a couple miles away. Desiree knew those theories would have been pretty out of character for Kyron, who was a shy and quiet boy who would never leave a place where he felt comfy and safe and was generally a stickler for following the rules. It is a little weird to be like, I don't know. I don't know. In that situation, is it bad? Does it look badly? Because I kind of feel like it does to be like, he just probably wandered off. It's an innocent happening, you know? Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I feel like that would... That would shine light on, like, not really telling your child, hey, don't wander off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's good that a kid wouldn't wouldn't wander off. And I, I had watched yeah. the documentary, too, about Kyron, uh-huh. um, where she said the same thing. Desiree said the same thing. She's like, he would never have left. He was, like, terrified of being lost. He was terrified mm-hmm. of, like, not being able to find his way home. Yeah. So... I know I, I had heard a story that, like, I guess his his older brother had gotten lost at, on a field trip mm-hmm. or something, and I guess that made them all be super against anyone being left alone at the bus stop or, like, right. being, feeling like, yeah, so I don't, I agree, but it's just odd to me that Terry, and I know that everyone's like, some people are like, leave Terry alone, but it's like, when you're so suspicious, it's hard to leave you alone. <laughs> it is. And it's it's weird to be like... In a situation where a seven-year-old goes completely vanishes, mm-hmm. to be like, it's probably innocent, guys. Just, like, give it some time. He'll probably show. He probably just wandered off looking for butterflies. It's like, no. 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 We have to think about the worst possible scenario. 100%. Here. Otherwise, it's not a situation for being positive in that way, you know? Yeah. You got to, like, think reasonably. Anyway, it's just suspicious, but what's not? So, uh then Terry's story changed slightly when she said that instead of waving at Kyron from the top of the stairs as he entered his classroom, because she kind of got found out, I guess, or called out that that probably wasn't possible, then she was like, no, no, he was with a chaperone that was leading the children around to see various science projects. And that's where I left him. It wasn't when he was walking into his classroom. Then uh, the school said that there were no adults acting as chaperones, but later a parent involved with the PTA did explain that she had led a group of students walking between classrooms to view exhibits, but Kyron had not been in that group at all. Back at the Horman home, detectives wired up Kane to record conversations of the group in the home unbeknownst to the other three parents, and at one point Terry realized that he was wired up, which, you know, likely she was the... One, they wanted him wired up to, Four, to record. Right. And so she, I guess he just wasn't smooth about it. I'm sure he was like, uh, 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 
Harry, <laughs> did you what, did you happen to take my son and murder him today? Um, and so she like pulled a wire off of him and got pissed and kind of ruined the whole thing. But also, that's pretty awkward circumstances already. <laughs> yeah, for you know, sure. like. And publicly, they're still like we're we're one unified front, and then behind the scenes, no, not he's, really. Uh, right. Wired up to recorder. The Oregonian, the city's only daily newspaper, published the first story on Kyron's disappearance. In it, Portland Public Schools spokesman Matt Shelby stated that he had been with his stepmother at the fair that that morning, but never checked back in with his teacher afterward, and was last seen at nine a.m. Which is interesting uh, about being with his stepmom and never checking back in with his teacher. Yeah, like it's, I guess, well, it was an interesting um, thing to point out that obviously they were trying to raise some suspicion about the stepmother because they were like, he was with his stepmother when he was last seen and never came back mm-hmm. to his class. So they're like, the last person he was seen with was, was her. his stepmom. Mm-hmm. The story went on to say that when Terry notified the school about his not being on the bus and it was discovered that the seven-year-old hadn't been seen for several hours, school officials were immediately concerned and Portland police were notified. It talked about the automated phone message sent out to all par- all the parents in the school district at 530 and the Portland police handed the case over to the sheriff's office shortly after. Lieutenant Mary Lindstrand, a spokeswoman for the Sheriff's Department, said the agency would have searchers out as long as needed. And at 9.45 p.m. the night of Kyron's disappearance, there were more than 20 people, including detectives and two canine units, searching a broad area around the school and requested that people stay away to let the searchers do their work. Initial search efforts for Kyron were extensive and focused on a two-mile radius around Skyline Elementary and on Sabi Island, about six miles away. Law enforcement did not disclose why they searched that particular area, which included a search of the Sabi Island Bridge. Uh, they They didn't disclose that initially, but now we do know that it's because they followed the route that Terry said that she went on based on her cell phone pings, and her cell phone pinged on Sabi Island that day. Yeah. Which I I do know that there have been cases where pinging has been very unreliable, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I do think that, at least as far as I've read in this situation, they they believe that's like accurate, that is accurate, Mm -hmm. but I guess how how do we know if it's not? Right. Back at the Horman home, detectives informed the parents that Kyron had been absent all day at school. Desiree would later learn that detectives began leaning toward the theory that Terry had taken him to school and then he had left with her, which isn't surprising considering the news release that said that she'd been with him and then, again, never checked in with his teacher. At 2 o'clock in the morning, Desiree and Tony were taken to the command center at Skyline Elementary. The principal had elected to stay at school, possibly due to guilt from having the most lax security of all time, at the school <laughs> yeah. while 400 people were there for the science fair. <laughs> I mean, not like it's solely his, his I mean, uh, right. <laughs> fault, but, you know. They interviewed Desiree and Tony and went through a list of registered sex offenders in the area. Come Saturday, Pacific Northwest Search and Rescue was contacted by the Sheriff's Department and joined the search, and the Sheriff's Office started a tip line. The National Guard joined in the search, and a grid search around the school was completed. That afternoon, there were three news conferences at a church in the area. And at noon, a sheriff's office spokesman or woman, but it was a person. (laughs) 
spokesperson. Okay. A spokesperson confirmed that the search for Chiron was a missing person case and not a criminal investigation. In the subsequent press conferences, they announced that the FBI and National Guard had officially joined the search and search and rescue already and search and rescue had completed an immediate grid search around the school. Terry's mother, Carol Moulton, arrived at the Horman home with Terry's 16-year-old son, John, who had been living with her in Kane up until a few months prior, but then had gone to live with his grandparents in Roseburg, Oregon. John had been at a Boy Scout camp with his father when Kyron disappeared, but the police wanted to question him once he arrived. That is also kind of a tenuous situation with the family, mm-hmm. or like a, I don't know if tenuous is the right word, but a tumultuous situation with the family that, you know, I know Terry was really not happy that he was sent to live with his grandparents in the first place. That afternoon, the police were still trying to pin down a solid timeline for Terry, who was the only person left who couldn't account for all the events of her day, the day prior, which is a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a lot of coincidences, you know? I mean, (laughs) at some point... We start to think, that's not so much a coincidence anymore, I would think. Alice Jacobson told police that she'd seen Terry taking Kyron's photo in front of his exhibit at 845. This is the lady who's the mother of, I think, Kyron's friend Ellie. Then, at 912, Terry was caught on surveillance, leaving the Fred Meyer store on Embry Drive in Hillsboro, like... Bianca said, and at 9.40, she was seen on surveillance leaving the other Fred Meyer store on the Walker Road that you mentioned. So, obviously, she did actually go to these groceries, but what for? Is it just so she can be seen driving around I at mean, these specific groceries? both of them, right? Yeah. The police studied the two videos, finding them slightly curious. They showed Terry driving with Kiara in the child seat in the back. The angle of the camera made it impossible to determine if Kyron's booster seat was empty or if anyone else was in the car with her at all. She parked the truck away from the store's entrances, seemingly as far as possible, but not for more room because the lot was pretty sparsely filled at that time. So it wasn't like she was doing that whole, like, I don't want to park by anyone else because I'm driving this big truck. It was more like just parking away for the sake of it mm-hmm. some people might say i was trying to walk get, i was trying to get my steps in oh god please um when asked she said that kane liked to park a long way from the store entrances and so did she when the police asked kane if this were true he scoffed um also why would that mean that you had to do it just right, because, because he your does, it? does it girl by weird <laughs> in hopes that she'd perhaps let out some kind of spontaneous utterance or any information whatsoever the police took terry on a drive to the places that she had been seen at and through the back roads that she'd stopped on the friday that they knew of and uh, unfortunately she just sat there she's a she can be she's like a little gatekeeper not a gatekeeper like a little um Secret keep. I don't know. She can lock it deep inside and never give away any hints of it. So a video from inside the Fred Meyer store showed Terry talking to a man that worked in the store, seemingly asking for a particular item and him pointing her in the direction it could be found. While she was there, she bought a few other items 
particularly the Motrin for Kiara that she needed, which was supposedly the reason she needed to go to the two different stores in the first place. When asked for the Motrin or the rest of the items that she'd gotten at the store, Terry shrugged them off and told them that they were around here somewhere, although they would never be found. I don't know if that's suspicious or not, but it seems likely. That's suspicious (laughs) to me. You think the whole thing of Motrin could be taken in such a short time by that little baby? No. Me either. Additionally, her story continued to evolve. This is uh, something that we have seen in a lot of cases where there's an awfully suspicious party in the situation. Like, uh, I mean, you have to obviously say Casey Anthony is similar. Uh, John Bonet. Yep. Uh, where pe- and there's more, but where people's stories just are like, what? How? Mm-hmm. What? It's the day after you're and you don't you're not remembering anything. And then like three days later, you're somehow coming up with all these other like bits of things to fill in and changing little. Ugh, it drives me crazy. Um, yep. It, it almost seemed as if she was inventing more stops to fill up the missing parts of her day. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I have two hours that aren't accounted for. Oh, yeah. Well, I went to this place and I also went here. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. In addition to Terry's timeline, the police wanted to clear up the confusion with the attendance issue at Skyline. Kyron had been marked absent by his teacher at 10 a.m. And the school office was told it was an excused absence because Terry had sent the teacher an email days before saying she was taking him to a doctor's appointment. Uh, and his backpack and jacket were left in the classroom. So to them, they just thought he would left for a doctor's appointment and he would be coming back from his doctor's appointment at some point in the day to collect his things. And then I guess because that maybe the talent show made the schedule a little irregular. And then maybe, uh, maybe when your parent, when your own parents is supposed to have taken you out, if you end up gone all day, it's just is what it is. You'll get your backpack on Monday. But that's something I don't understand either because I feel like my mom has taken me out of school before or when I was like, not anymore, obviously, because I'm almost 30. But like <laughs> when my mom used to take me out of school, I used to take my fucking backpack with me. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is weird. But I guess they just thought, well, he's coming back. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But also, it's a like, lot of weird things. That doctor's appointment situation was like a week, a week, a week away. Like it wasn't even that day that it was supposed to happen. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Terry would say it was all a mistake. It was supposed Oops. to be the following Friday. It's fine. That, um, why are you laughing? Because like, I always it's do fine. that. I'm always like, no, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, right. That's right. So you're supposed to say stuff. <laughs> um, but so that's the other thing though, is that it, they all had, there was another whole discrepancy, a big about this because people, the people were like at the school were like it really read like you said i'm gonna be taking him out friday Mm -hmm. which was this week and you're like no i meant next friday where it was almost like are you trying to confuse things Mm -hmm. here are you trying to make it seem like the the appointment was supposed to be this friday or next friday even though you made it seem like this friday maybe so that you could get him out of here without a lot of hoopla until 3 p.m i don't know you know obviously that like she's suspicious so i'm gonna be filling in blanks to kind of tie her to the situation here mm-hmm. and his disappearance but it's like but you're suspicious as hell right like <laughs> i can't really i can't make this shit up this is true st- stuff here like we gotta a- acknowledge 
how many quote unquote coincidences are taking place in this story. 100%. It's only logical. <sighs> anyway, the truck, the white truck that she'd been driving, had been seen pulled over at a fire trail off of Newberry Road. And when asked, Terry told police that she might have been changing a diaper. Uh- they asked, <laughs> sure. Sure. They asked her also, like, maybe if your husband was at home who you're having like marital issues with and you don't want to be around him, maybe in that case, I would understand if you were trying to avoid going home. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to change your kid's diaper on the road. You're going to be driving all over creation. But what if, if you have an empty house, just go back fucking home so that you can do all your things that you want to do. It just makes sense. Why are you yeah, pulling weird. over on a road on a fire trail so that you can change a diaper? It doesn't. So anyway, they asked her where the diaper was, and she just like, I don't know where I disposed of it. I don't know. I littered. (laughs) I just left it there. I mean, I don't know what she can't ever. Anyway, she can't account for anything. But two hours and forty-two minutes of that day have never. She's never been able to actually give them any kind of like, even if it was just like, just say. I was masturbating in the shower yeah. for an hour, yeah. you know, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> just say something. She Literally can't, anything. She can't say anything. So it's like, okay, what? Two hours and 42 minutes might be plenty of time to nab your stepson from school and then dispose of the corpse him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Dispose of him in some way or another. I mean, it's That's not like, time. it's not like Portland. I mean, I don't, I feel like it's not like that area is that large, is it? Like, you know what I mean? Well, I, the, the thing that's unfortunate, which I, I think I might say a little bit about is that, or maybe I don't, is that it's rural, rural, yeah. rural juror over here. It's really rural. And so there's like marshy yeah. woods. It's all the type of terrain where, it's really difficult to find a body. a body. Even if you search, it could be possible that you overlook it, especially if he's just this little little guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but or also he could. There's rivers. There's all sorts of waterways. There's just so many different possibilities here. Well, and then I think like the area around the school too. They had mentioned was very rural was very yeah. like it was surrounded by forests, and there were a lot of like mm-hmm. little drop off points like. Or he, mm-hmm. he he could have tumbled and like never been accounted yeah. for, never found. But but I think that goes back into he would never want to stray away from the school because because of that too. Yeah, if he was a, a little adventurer, yeah. like rebel. I mean, it is there is a possibility that things at home were stressing him out, and he just kind of was like, Mah! and like you know, even if it's out of character, he ran, and maybe something happened. But it's like. The slimmest. Sure, yeah, you know? exactly. There's, there's like very, there's very few other things to back that theory up versus the other theory that, mm-hmm. that is generally, con- you know, the consensus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on Monday, June sixth, it was three days into Kyron's disappearance. His friend Ellie's mother, Alice, came over to to deliver some food to help the Hormans get through the beginning of the week. Once she arrived, Terry pulled her into the laundry room past the officer stationed that was there to watch the family and whispered to her, I want you to tell Kane and the police that Kyron has a doctor's appointment next week. She said, I don't know anything about that, Terry. But Terry just kept going, mm-hmm. saying it's to check out his petite mal syndrome. Is that how I say that? 
Okay. It's a seizure situation. Kane doesn't think he has it, but I do. I want him to be tested. This was the first time that Alice had heard anything about the possibility of Kane having seizures of any kind, and she was extremely uncomfortable with Terry telling her what to tell Kane and the police. Like, what? (gasps) That, to me, only supports the idea that she totally meant that doctor's appointment situation only even created it for confusion and then after the fact she's trying to establish somebody else that she can say that oh, was they, this they said that yeah, too yeah, yeah. yeah. so oof, that is like i mean my mind is just bl- like blown on this stuff it's like what how is this happening how is this happening at the time alice was not aware that miss porter had been led to believe that kyron's doctor's appointment was the friday he'd gone missing and as they walked past a detective terry seemed to speak up loudly for his benefit saying kyron has a doctor's appointment coming up if the teacher hadn't mixed up the dates maybe someone would have realized kyron was not at school okay she Uh, Yeah, she was essentially creating a scenario where she had nothing to do with anything having to do with this whole school day whatsoever. It's teacher's fault. Totally, school's fault. Um, I mean, even because then I'm like, you know, when we're talking about like the schools being negligent to a a degree, they were in theory, but like, say his stepmom did leave with him. Mm She would have been able to do that no matter what. Right. You know, they shouldn't have had strangers being able to come in unidentified, whatever, just meandering all over the school. But in this situation, he probably would have just been able to leave with her any if she was if she, the person. Well, and then also it's a stepmom. Like, what is a school? It's, if it's a small town mentality type of situation. I mean, he in any I feel like in any situation, it's like you dropped him off. I bet you you're picking him up. 100%. You know, like I, I just don't think it, or you're taking him or whatever. You brought him up here to to view his science project with you and you know other friends, parents, and then you're like, we gotta go. We got a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. It's nothing is suspicious about that whatsoever. Nor would you ever be stopped, even if security was super tight. You'd they'd be like, okay, you know. Right. Anyway. Like you were talking about, on June 4th at 11 a.m., Terry's cell phone pinged from a tower near Salvi Island. Salvi Island? What is it? I said Salvi, but it might be Salvi. Tower near Salvi Island, one of the largest river islands where two channels of the Willamette River meet the Columbia River and then run hundreds of miles to the Pacific Ocean. So that's not real promising Mm -hmm. as far as, like, you know, the possibilities of this disposing of a body Savi island and the surrounding area are nowhere near the gym or the two fred meyer stores where terry said she stopped she told police that she took the route while trying to quiet kiara however the mcso narrowed the ping to within a mile of the cell phone tower which was filled with deep woods and thousands of acres of waterways and marsh that's not great Mm-mm. um so Kane then wrote his coworkers at Intel a mass email asking them not to speak to the media and repeated the details of Kyron's disappearance and description, telling them he had been missing 48 hours and time was of the essence. I wonder why he felt the need to tell them not to speak to the, speak media. To the media. On June 9th of 2010, the Horman family released the following press statement. Kyron's family would like to thank people for support and interest in finding their son. The outpouring of support and continued effort strengthens their hope. We need for folks to continue to assist us in this goal. Please search your properties, cars, outbuildings, sheds, etc. Also check with neighbors and friends who may be on vacation or may 
need an assistance in searching. There are a lot of resources here to help you search, so please don't stop. It is obviously a difficult time, and they want to speak to the public so you can hear it from Chiron's family as they come together to share their message. Their objective is to keep the focus on Chiron and not about anything else. Yeah. Is that, like, kind of a slight, like, don't talk about Terry right now? Is that what yes. that is? Like, don't I, talk about the family. That's how I feel. But I feel like... but. She's a big part of why he's, why missing. he's missing, maybe. For sure. You know, possibly. The superintendent of Portland Public Schools held a news conference outlining plans to address concerns with security following Kyron's disappearance. She said going forward, all kindergarten through eighth grade schools would use an automated system to notify parents when a student was absent without pre-approval, which wouldn't have done anything in this situation. She also said there would be a crisis response team at Skyline the following day when it opened, and the schools would now be implementing ID badges for all staff and volunteers, and promised that the protocol for parents leaving their children at school would be studied, but didn't elaborate on that mildly shade-throwing statement. And also, it's like, kind of hard, you know, I, I, I feel like it would be difficult to really be able to come up with a plan in that situation Mm -hmm. where you wouldn't be asking the school to take on a lot of extra work to try to like identify people which i guess they should probably do but they're probably just not equipped to although they're they had had issues with security throughout the years no portland school district student had ever completely vanished and superintendent smith called the situation unprecedented and deeply troubling which i would fucking say Uh, yeah obviously Sheriff Staten would publicly announce that Kyron's case was being escalated to a missing endangered child case, but did not go so far as to call it a kidnapping. At this point, the search had reached 350 searchers with well over 20 trained dogs covering thousands of acres. The search spanned over 10 days, which is the largest in Oregon history, and included over 1,300 searchers from Oregon, Washington, and California. The reward for finding something out about Kyron was initially set at $25,000, but then it, had expa- then it expanded to $50,000 in late July of 2010. The MCSO had looked into all known sex offenders in the area, searching dozens of homes and outbuildings. And although they weren't ready to share their theory publicly, they were leaning toward the familial abduction angle, believing that someone in the family was responsible for Kyron's disappearance. No shit. Yeah, maybe. By Monday, uh, by the Monday following Kyron's disappearance, the police had received 1,200 tips and 22 federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies were involved in the case. That's a shit ton of people. a lot of people involved. It's like the only thing that makes me go... Like, there could be the possibility that she didn't have anything to do with it. Is how many fucking did people? She, how did she get away with it? Like right. That? Law enforcement continued to repeat their statement that Kyron had not been abducted. He was most likely with a stranger and that children in Northwest Portland were not in danger. As we've discussed before, stranger abductions are incredibly rare, however. Yeah, there's it's most of the time someone that they know. Someone they know. Have- Established, yeah. That afternoon, Terry took a polygraph test and failed. Again, po- I, I, we say it every time. They're not 100% accurate. 
But and, and definitely not admissible in court. But correct. still, it is another little thing yeah. to add to the list. And if we've got like this list of things, and then at the bottom of it is also this. terribly, <laughs> terribly p- failed miserably a polygraph test about her 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 stepson's disappearance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just adds it. It just it adds, adds a little cherry on top. <laughs> so allegedly. Terry had been an extremely strict stepmother, and that was an issue that had caused tension between she and Kane for years. A few months prior to his disappearance, while Kane was away on a business trip, she called Desiree and asked her if she would take Kyron to live with her permanently, while Tony and Desiree headed onto the road to go pick him up, because according to her also, she was trying to get custody back for a while, and it wasn't being, like, he just wasn't having Mm it. Um... But when Kane caught wind of the situation, he told her no, and they get out, they get go turn around and go back home, and they did. But just you know, and this isn't, I don't know what to say. This is a alleged, like I said, allegedly. But according to the family, this is how things happened, and that just is another thing to to another piece of information to suggest or kind of help you give an or help get an idea about how she was feeling about. Kyron, especially the family, Kyron, her relationship to him as his stepmother. I don't think it was a great one, Mm-mm. you know, Definitely in the not. months, whatever, leading up to his disappearance. On June 11th, Desiree, Tony, Kane, and Terry held a press conference. Only Tane and Kane. <laughs> only to- Tane Tane and Terry? And- <laughs> Coney. Only Tony and Kane were allowed to speak. And at one point, while Kane spoke, Terry put her arm around Desiree and leaned her head against her in what Desiree would later describe as the most bizarre experience as they had never hugged before, which is definitely, again, it's one of those pieces of information that's like, I know it may be like petty, perhaps, but it's just kind of painting the picture here that she's trying herself to paint a picture now Mm -hmm. at post the disappearance of a family that is like more cohesive and like this tragedy is like bringing us together but really it's just her trying to make herself look for sure it's really creepy you know it really does feel creepy when you really think about it it's very creepy Mm -hmm. like especially considering it's po- it's likely she did do something right. to him. And then she so she did something to this little boy and now she's like trying to be oh. his mom's little Yes, exactly. <laughs> like I'm here to cuddle. We're just you know, it's really gross. I'm here for and you. Creepy. Yeah. Oh. So a couple other weird weird bits of information about her is Desiree's employer ordered 1000 missing persons flyers and for some reason on Facebook Terry posted that she ordered them and like she said I ordered 1000 flyers and I'll let everybody know when they arrive which is just strange Why? it's just yeah. strange I again I know I kind of sound like I'm giving you petty you know like conjecture but it's just weird she also posted the Sunday the Sunday after his disappearance, two days later, she said, please don't listen to the news. It is inaccurate. Considering it had literally been a day since he went missing, it's difficult to guess what the media would have been inaccurate about at that point, other than that he, wa- he was seen with her last, or was with her last, which is the only bit of information that anyone really had at that point, because there was none. Right. And it's hard to... To not listen to it when it's just but it's, that's the facts. yeah it's just that's it at the end. 
There were no security cameras at Skyline, which was later blamed for because of lack of funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like I already said, they were a small rural rural school, and everyone knew everyone, and it was just a little more lax, obviously, in security. Eventually, this case evolved into a criminal investigation, and Kyron's parents were told the likelihood that he was alive was slim. Detectives would would soon discover that Terry had made plans to divorce Kane and that the evening before Kyron disappeared, Kane and Terry fought, after which she emailed a friend saying she was leaving Kane the following day with Kiara. So, uh, again, a little volatile situation in, like, the immediate time mm-hmm. of his disappearance. Fifteen days into Kyron's disappearance, MCSO distributed a flyer to the media that included four photos, one of Kyron, one of the white truck, and two of Terry. So this flyer, this new flyer that had two photos of Terry on it, was given to everyone who had been at the school on June 4th that included a questionnaire asking if they'd seen Kyron, his stepmom, or the truck that day. They said they were hoping to, quote, jog memories. Hmm. Doesn't look it doesn't look great for Terry at this point. It isn't the most positive thing. Not the most positive look for her. You're right. (laughs) No. (laughs) So in late June of 2010, Kane was reportedly told by investigators that Terry had offered their landscaper, Rodolfo or Rudy Sanchez, quote, a lot of money to kill him. Rudy testified. In a death is that, that that was that the signed agreement that they had? Uh, how much are you going to pay me to, to kill, kill you. your husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of money. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what is that? What is this? I need specifics. How much is a lot of money? Because it does vary. Yeah. <laughs> Terry could think thirty dollars is a exactly. lot of money. Basically, I heard somebody gave us uh, asked like a bunch of people how much do you think mm-hmm. it costs to murder someone. Where was that? Is it in my head? Did I have a dream about this? Is this real? Either way, I was like. I was like, I hope it's at least at least five thousand dollars, and someone was like, five hundred dollars. That seems low. Oh my god, five thousand dollars seems low, and so does five hundred. I'm thinking, well, like it's five hundred to like a hundred thousand dollars. Apparently, the fuck up. are you sit? Are you depending me? on the level of like maybe the level of skill and discretion involved? Perhaps it's legit. You could get a cheap ass assassin. <laughs> I mean, I was shocked by that. I mean, I was shocked. That's... I was shocked. One more time, Grandma. <laughs> All right. Sorry. In late... Oh, so um, Rudy testified in a deposition that Terry approached him to kill her husband, but he had said no. Investigators then convinced Rudy to confront Terry while wearing a wire, but they were unable to obtain any evidence and couldn't make an arrest because she figured out he was wearing a wire. Holy shit, these cops are like the cops on the wire. They can't (laughs) get past the wire stuff. Like, goddamn. But here's the kicker of the whole thing. Investigators then confronted Kane about it, and Kane didn't even know they had a landscaper. Like, he was like, landscaper? What landscaper? No idea. Uh, 
Probably because he only they only had one for this exact purpose, <laughs> so that she could in a few weeks go, "Hey, right, <laughs> you're a skilled laborer. I bet you want more money. Um, would you be able to kill my husband for me?" When police later confronted Terry with Sanchez's story, she claimed he'd asked her for sex and she refused him. And the whole murder for hire plot was him just getting even with her for being rejected, which is extreme. But I guess we all know that guy. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, true. Kinda. <laughs> but I don't think this is that situation. No, I don't think so either. No, no, that's ridiculous. On June 28th, uh, Kane filed for divorce and he obtained a restraining order against Terry, which was granted, and Terry was eventually granted supervised visitation with their daughter. It was during this time that she failed two separate polygraph tests about Kyron's disappearance. Two separate ones? No. Let's get it together, lady. Like, what? What are you doing? What is happening here in these tests that's making you so stressed? It just looks worse and worse miserably. Additionally, if we're talking about things making her look worse and worse, Terry's red Mustang had been seen on the roads of northwest Portland in the days before Kyron's disappearance. Something that obviously is difficult to verify, but if it is true, it could possibly mean that she was scouting places for the disposal of his poor little body. And um, maybe because her 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 stupid ass took her red Candy Mustang, red Mustang. <laughs> with squirrel nuts, whatever, squirrel red, whatever yeah. it said. <laughs> red squirrel. Red Squirrel, um, maybe it's possible that, that that was a notable car in the small area that, like, you know, the kind of more rural, less people. Perhaps it was like, oh, there's that fucking red candy apple, red Mustang again. I don't know. But she was just scouting the roads, maybe. Uh, the biggest development was that Kyron was seen leaving the school with Terry. The MCSO had said as much a few weeks prior, but had retracted that statement and then were confirming it was the case a few weeks after that. So we all like it's just known that Terry left the school with him, with Kyron. (laughs) Somehow that's known Kyron. And it's just okay. Well, keep. Doing your thing, mm-hmm. Terry. Kyron's regular bus driver, his friend Carson, and Carson's sister and grandmother had all seen Kyron leaving the school on June 4th with Terry. So it's not like these were not, by the way, just random people saying, I saw, oh, I, I saw him leaving with that lady. These are the person that drives him to school or drives him home every day. Um, or in the morning too, perhaps, on the bus, his regular bus driver and friends that knew him. So, I don't know. They actually saw him leaving the school with her. According to the bus driver, they were not holding hands, but were walking together. And Terry had not parked in the school parking lot where she had said she had. Instead, she parked on the gravel road on the far west side of the school where the elevation of the building and then the landscape partially concealed the truck from the view when you were at the school. Which... A little suspicious. (laughs) Then there, I mean, it's like, and then, then for like, like, like I could go on for 10 years. There was all this mess uncovered in her texts and emails that truly 
isn't a great look for her. She and Kane's half-brother, Quinn's stepmother, so they were both stepmothers to Kyron and this Quinn, or, you know, they were individually step... Okay, yeah. <laughs> they emailed each other about their mutual dislike of their stepsons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which could just be venting, but then in this situation... Yeah, but the, it's, it's, it's really... Yeah, it's, it's a weird... It's weird because then look what happens. I mean, it's yeah. fine It's fine for it to be venting, but, like, then your stepson goes missing, and it's like, uh, oh. This is, why I don't, also, this is why I don't email people my feelings. This is why I don't text yeah. people my feelings. I just say them, like, face-to-face. Yeah. Just so it can never be, like, misconstrued in a court of law. <laughs> but, also, <laughs> but also, though, why... I guess I think there might, there's got to be like a line drawn between just letting you have mm-hmm. your own person, your own like just venting out frustrations and like being a really shit, shitty person yeah. that took on a role that you now are being like this about and it's unhealthy for the child. And if which if you don't want to be a parent, that's gr- fucking great. Yeah. If you don't want to be a step parent. That's great. But then maybe don't get into a situation where you have to be a step parent and then hold that kid accountable. Right. For your feelings. For sure. And make and blame him for everything that's wrong with your yeah. life. You know? You should probably have gotten in a relationship with someone that didn't, didn't have kids or want them. Have a kid. Um, so I do have a bit of a I do not like that, you know. Mm-hmm. That that I don't like a lot of things going on here, but I really think that I don't like it. So <laughs> Um, I mean, of course, like, what is there to, there's not a lot to like here, if we're being honest. So she had also been sexting with a high school friend of Kane's, which, who gives a shit? They're adults. Let it be. She ended up violating, in in the end, it it ended up violating a restraining order because she was giving this guy information about the location of Kane and her daughter. He was, like, Googling their address and all this other stuff. And she did start this thing with him, like, h- real hard and heavy, like, three weeks after Kyron's disappearance. And so people I've seen have gotten real prickly about it, which I do understand. Also, Because it, you really are in a mess of a situation here, lady. Like, you know, you really need to, like, sort some shit out here. <laughs> like, you're doing stuff. You're, you're in a mess. It's only going to get messier if you just continue to be doing all this messy right. stuff. You need to, like, make some moves in positive directions. But, so I can't, and I can't hold you to, I'm not, I'm not shaming her about the sexting or whatever. The timing isn't great, again. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not here to say how everyone okay. should deal with a traumatic situation. Right. But if it's a traumatic situation that, it's like, 89 to 96% caused by you and then you and it hasn't been resolved and then in a few weeks you're now telling this dude that you're gonna like that you can suck a golf ball through a garden a vacuum hose hose or garden hose or whatever or whatever that means (laughs) I don't know what that means mom sorry just kidding (laughs) um (laughs) it's not a good look you know what I mean it's not great uh, and then when you're given addresses, that's also I mean, a are you kidding look. me? 
Are you kidding me right now? So Terry would go on to hire Portland's best known criminal defense attorney, Stephen Howes. Her parents helped her pay the $350,000 retainer. And I'm then. Sorry? $350,000 retainer? Yes. What do her parents do? I want to know what her parents do. What They probably sold their house. Shut the fuck up. Dude. I don't know, but that's probably true. Honestly, you're right. like, you are so, you're such an innocent, sweet young lady. Let me put my house up for sale (sighs) so that we can pay for your. Dude, what a nightmare, man. Mess that you've made. (sighs) A total mess. So Terry's friend, Dee Dee. How would you say this lady's last name? I don't know. I've just been calling her Dee Dee. Dee Dee Spitcher? Spicher? Spiker? I mean, I have no. Spiker? Speecher? Like, uh, you know. Just look it up. Why would you not just look it up before you. uh, Dee Dee was described by a former boyfriend as intelligent but emotionally gullible, and that may have come Same. into play in this situation. Yeah, like, <laughs> we all are. I mean, you know, like, not all women. I mean, all of us. All of us. Like, no, every I'm last one me, of us. Same. Just me. <laughs> Couldn't be more people. Well, Definitely <laughs> There's me. more of us. I'm talking for all of us. I'm going to go ahead and just say we're all there. So, interestingly, on June 4th, Dee Dee was working... Oh. At a lavender farm a few minutes away from Kane's home. So the farm employees had gotten together each day um, for to share, like, lunch together. And they called her, but she was no... Like, she wasn't anywhere on the grounds of this, like, n- nursery, this lavender nursery. Uh, they looked for her a ton. They found her car, but they didn't find her. Again, they called her mm. multiple times, but she didn't answer. And she was missing from work that day, which was June 4th, um, from 11... The day Kyron went missing. Which also happened to be the... Happened, coincidentally, the day that he went missing from 11.15 to 1. And she claimed to have never left the farm. That day, that day like, they were supposed to be preparing for um, some event that the farm was having on the next Saturday. And she was like, oh, I was out in the fields uh, trying to figure that out. And I left my phone in my car. First of all, mm-hmm. first of all, June is hot. You're not going to leave your. And first of all, you're not going to leave your phone in your car. Nobody leaves their phone in their car. First of all, <laughs> were you under? Did you like dig a <laughs> hole also, and climb yeah. into it? But also, how that. did they not find you? It wasn't like it was like a farm that spanned seventy two thousand acres. Right. Get it together, lady. Right. Get it together. Right. Anyways, so. Her coworkers said that she left abruptly at eleven thirty, and she returned like an hour and a half later. Oh, weird! During a press conference with Kane, Desiree, and Tony after they had been given permission by law enforcement to not hold back and put more pressure on Terry, they told the media that Terry had failed the two polygraph tests. Desiree said that Terry quote wasn't taking an active role in finding Kyron and telling the truth. Then, a few weeks later, the parents were summoned to the sheriff's department where they were told that they had discovered that Terry had started an affair with Kane's former classmate, Michael Cook, just three weeks after Kyron went missing. And the DA told them that they were going to try and offer her a deal. Either she would enter a statement of intent telling them where Kyron was, or they would release the sexting information and prosecute her on a contempt of court charge, 
but she refused. And also, I feel like it's a little... Mm, she sucks, for sure. Yeah. Like, she's awful, but I'm not sure if... I mean, like, blackmailing like, her with sexting. Exactly. Like, I, we're going to tell everybody that you sent your videos of yourself masturbating to the sky. Assholes. That's, like, irrelevant here, that, yeah. probably. Probably. <laughs> like, unless it's some... some weird way it's tied in you know i just can't imagine i think it's a little a little shady in my opinion you could probably just be like let's focus on the resenting the child and what happened the day he disappeared (laughs) shit okay (laughs) kane later alleged that although she typically drove her mustang and he his truck the Friday that Kyron went missing, she wanted to drive it so that she could take the science fair project home, which would be easier to do with a truck. But she didn't even stay for the duration of the fair or take the project home that day. And as a matter of fact, the projects were scheduled to stay at the school through the next week until the end of the school year. So why uh, even have to do uh, all of that? Yeah, You straight up made up a reason why you needed to drive the truck so that's weird I, I would think the police began releasing this information to the public uh which was information they had previously only shared with kane desiree and tony they also gave up her friend Dee, Dee and now the family was making public pleas to both terry and Dee, Dee to help the police locate their son then they released a new flyer with a pic sure then they released a new flyer with a picture of the white truck Two photos of Terry and now three photos of Dee Dee. Interestingly enough, DA Norm Frank convened a grand jury on July 26, 2010, to hear evidence in the investigation. Young and Kane were subpoenaed and testified during the grand jury, as well as the school principal of Skyline Elementary. They subpoenaed several of Terry's friends, one of them being Dee Dee, who Kane described as having been in close communication with Terry and providing Terry with support and advice that is not in the best interests of their son. Dee Dee was extremely co- cooperative and allowed a search of her property and car, as well as going through three hours worth of questioning from the detectives. Oof. Uh... Regarding the situation on the day that uh, Dee Dee was at work doing gardening, she told journalists, there's this horror that my friend is going through. If I thought for a second that she was capable of foul play, I would have not I would not have been there. She would not have been my friend in the first place. That doesn't mean that you're not just gullible. (laughs) Emotionally. What is it? Emotionally gullible. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I don't know her, so I can't say for sure. And also, this may have, who knows the sources. There was multiple sources that were like, um, that said that Terry was as kind of manipulative and how she will use you until you get, she gets what she needs out Mm -hmm. of you and yada yada. And so, you know, which is possible. I don't know for sure, but like, it seems like if that, is true then if dd is truly just a naive like i just want to believe the best of people type of situation or person maybe it was easy for terry to do that to her without her ever knowing she was such a bad person but then i'm, I'm like but then i stopped myself at the same time I'm like well where was she for those two hours right after the 
I mean, I will say 1130. So technically, Terry was supposed to have left the school at like nine ish. She says 845, but everybody says like 850 850. or then like nine. But she was seen on camera at 911. Okay, so she kind of maybe had like two hours where maybe she could have done something on her own and then picked up Dee Dee. I don't know why, as some kind of alibi. I don't really know, but she never even gave her as an alibi. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, sorry. I guess we'll just, I'll stop trying to figure out. Figure it out. (laughs) While we're telling the story. Uh so then in August 2010, oh. law enforcement announced they were searching for an individ- individual allegedly seen by two witnesses sitting inside of Terry's truck outside. Hmm. Outside. Outside. So they were seen what? sitting inside the truck, but her truck was outside because you can't take a truck in- inside of somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. I mean, you, you it's can. Not, it's, it's not, not good. It's not, it's, like, it's not generally great. Advisable. It's frowned upon. <laughs> Oh, unless you're talking about like the the state fair, my <laughs> right. my least favorite part of any. I'm sorry, I'm not into of car everywhere. shows unless it's like old cars. Sure. Unless it's old cars, I don't care. And, and I still am not really that interested in going to an old car show. To be honest with you, <laughs> don't don't try to take me to an old. Damn car it! Show. I was gonna say let's go to a, call, <laughs> a car show called a car show. What did I say? I can't even say car. Jesus, a car show. A in the same press conference, law enforcement stated that at least one witness had been seen had seen a second adult on a phone in the truck while Terry was in the school, and another had seen the truck moved from its original position in wherever it had been parked. That said, law enforcement later told Desiree that they believed that Terry was actually alone in her truck at least while it was at the school, and that the person that the other witness had seen on the phone inside the truck had actually been Terry herself, which, okay. But they also made it kind of clear that they didn't mean that for the whole time of the day. It was just while it was at school, they believed she was alone, except for with Kiara, but... Or Kyron, too, I guess. But that it, there were other... I think there were other sightings of two people in the truck outside of the school grounds. Just to clear that up. Um, it, then a new flyer was made, which made it pretty clear what law enforcement was focusing on. It included three photos of the truck, three photos of Terry, and three of Dee Dee. So, I don't know. I'm almost like, are they just trying to like scare these people with these flyers? Is that really the main purpose of... Flyers <laughs> is to scare the shit out of people they're suspecting. They're like, here it is. <laughs> These three, there's three photos of this lady, just in case you need to see her at a million angles, so you can say she was in the I truck. I saw her. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Police shared the trajectory of Terry's focus through her emails. It appeared that from the time Terry got a DUI in 2005, which was two years before she married Kane, their relationship was already really stressed. And that was a while ago. And they only got worse when they sent her son John away to live with his grandparents. And it was around that same time that she started to look for someone to kill Kane. So... I, there was an email, I think, where she was like, I don't know why my son had to be sent away while Kyron is still mm-hmm. here. 
And I and I'm like, well, it's probably because the Chiron's like seven years old, and that kid is like sixteen, and they probably there's a, probably a bit of a difference in their behavior. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she's trying to kill Kane, and then she began her like overbearing hyper focus on Chiron, and then how he was pretty much just ruining her life, mm-hmm. pretty much. Then in the fall of 2010, the cost for the search for Chiron had reached well over a million dollars. It was a million forty-four thousand dollars, and the sheriff's department announced that they had reached their threshold, and the investigation was going to be scaled way, way, way down because they just have spent more money than they'd ever spent, I think, on any investigation in the history of the sheriff's department. When asked if they could say anything about what they'd learned about Chiron's disappearance. Their response was, we have knowledge, we wish we didn't. What does that I mean? I am so curious what that means. Because if you, what, how, what ambiguous, ambiguous, what ambiguous information do you have that isn't enough to convict somebody or at least charge somebody? And but you're, is but that you're saying fatalistic? we have information that we wish we didn't have. Like, it's just so... Yeah terrible it's just ominous it's very ominous but they said it and i think it's kind of the same as a few other times we've talked is like it's just there's nothing uh i forget what i was like you i forgot what i was even saying um i want to ask about oh i it's it's like how do you have so much but so little Mm -hmm. to go off of that you're just like we're just gonna have to sit on this and we all i always come back to i guess it's because they don't have enough to get they don't feel like they have enough to get a conviction so they're just waiting for something more to happen so that they don't squander it and you know take her to court and then not be able to ever charge her for the murder of his or disappearance of him ever again that's what i had that's what i had seen in that documentary that i watched um God, it was like, God, I don't remember the name of the documentary, but they said that they didn't want to like charge her because there was no, like it's a no body, no case type of situation. And Mm -hmm. because of double jeopardy, they didn't want to charge her and then her get off and then them never be able to do anything about it again. Um, So, I mean, I think you might be like spot on. I think you are spot on with that, with that assumption or with that, like clarity or whatever whatever i'm whatever the fuck i'm saying yeah i mean i get that has to be it because it's just like what when you hear this stuff you're just like what and i know that there i'm not i didn't even i had initially when i wanted to talk about this i hadn't thought about or i'd planned on talking about this whole article someone on reddit wrote up where they were like here's my theory that is to- y'all are wrong. And, and I was like, wow, some of this is compelling, but then it's like, no, you know, <laughs> you right. can try to make, you can try to make things seem like she's not the most suspicious bitch in town. Right. But well, she is. I think, I feel like you and I always go into a case too, where we're like, okay, let's try to see every angle of this. And maybe she's mm-hmm. not the most suspicious bitch, but going into this case, it's been, Okay, she's the most suspicious bitch. And then it's like, okay, no, she still remains the most suspicious yeah, bitch. <laughs> for sure. Well, and you know what? Like, I I think that letting the 
what we the information that we gather dictate our opinions about what happened is the reason that we have the podcast and why yeah. I'm not a detective. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> I'm sure. not here. But whatever. But so um but for sure I, I think like we I've done stories where I've had some idea, obviously, and gone into it thinking one thing and then I'm like, Oh my god, the information changed me. But this is definitely not one of them no. at all. There's nothing, like, nothing you can tell me that isn't going to make me think, wait a second, what about this? Tell me why this? Mm -hmm. All these things that are clearly an issue. Here. Right, right. Right. All right. So, in on June 1st of 2012, Desiree filed a civil lawsuit against Terry, claiming that she was the one responsible for Kyron's disappearance, and she sought $10 million in damages from her. On August 15th of 2012, a federal court judge denied a motion by Terry to delay the lawsuit. In October of 2012, Dee Dee refused to answer 142 questions during a deposition regarding Young's lawsuit. One of the questions which regarded her whereabouts on June 4th of 2010 and her contact with Terry that day. Okay, never mind. I don't know how it I don't know how innocent you can be in that situation. <laughs> right. Okay. All right, all right. Additionally, she declined to ID a photo of Kyron, whether she had met what? him before or not, and whether she knew his father Kane. Oh my gosh. I've never seen the boy. I've never seen him. I couldn't I, Are you kidding? Did you did you mention anything about the burner phone that she had had? No, I think you do. I don't know if I mentioned it later. Okay. Uh but I did I did have something, but I'll just keep going. And then if I mention it, okay. then I mention it. Okay. In 2012, during a separate hearing, Kane stated that police had told him they have probably, they have pro- probably, they have more <laughs> probable cause to think Terry Horman was involved in Kyra's disappearance than they did two years prior. Mm-hmm. On July 30th of 2013, Desiree had to drop the lawsuit that she had against Terry, the $10 million one, so as not to interfere with the ongoing police investigation. And because Terry's attorney went to the judge stating that they were not upholding her Fifth Amendment right, that no person shall be compelled in any criminal case to be witness against themselves. Well. In 2016, Terry appeared uh, as a guest on Dr. Phil and told him, Quote, I was advised from the beginning by law enforcement, by my husband at the time, by attorneys in the beginning, not to say anything. I've always wanted to. I've asked multiple times to speak out and have not been allowed. And I've denied and denied any involvement in his disappearance, reiterating her belief that he was kidnapped, adding there was a man in a white pickup truck, Ford, white Ford pickup truck parked on Highway 30 at the 7-Eleven, which isn't near the school. She said he was acting very strangely and he was addressed by one of the employees because he'd been pacing back and forth in front of the 7-Eleven for about an hour. Mm-hmm. In May of 2017, KGW reported that a secret grand jury panel continued to hear evidence in Kyron's disappearance and had convened on multiple occasions. During the report, Kyron's case was described as still active and ongoing. Two months later, in July of 2017, Law enforcement conducted further searches along Skyline Boulevard, but the searches yielded no results. In June of 2018, um, his mother, uh, Desiree, posted on the official Find Kyron Horman Facebook page, Stay tuned. Something big is coming. I promise you. I feel like that's, Uh, like, a lot. uh, Sorry. No, go ahead. 
I feel like that's a lot having to do with like um, the the police telling her we've got this and we've got this all throughout the years, like giving her like one little thing, like throwing her a line, like breadcrumbing her. Yeah, breadcrumbing her. I mean, not to say that they're intentionally being like drag, you know, dragging her along or whatever, but it's. You feel you. I feel like you, as a human being, not you, you general, you generally as a as a human being, feel like, well, I don't want to completely ruin your hopes and hopes and wishes, desires and dreams. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I mean, I would rather be told, nope, no hope, sorry, um, think you said, (laughs) than like being strung along and saying, (laughs) having false hope. Well, and I think that. Yeah, I think, but she, I don't think she, surely, I don't think she's thinking that he's alive. I think she's thinking that they've got enough information to, like, get Terry on his kidnapping slash murder. Right. But we're, and that's what they're breadcrumbing her with. But I'm like, is this going to happen? I mean, hopefully, but I just don't know how, I just don't know how, if it hasn't happened yet, I'm like, how is it ever going to happen it's awful unless she admits it, but it, she seems like she is lock and keyed it up. Yeah, she's dead set on never Locked admitting her it. Up. Yeah. So I guess there's nothing further about the burners. Um, so about the burner phones, but I can say that um, t- that I think it was it was either Terry. Oh, it was ter- it was either Terry or Dee Dee. I don't remember who um, mm-hmm. had purchased a burner phone. And I think Terry. I think Dee Dee had purchased a few burner phones. Right. Okay. So it was mm-hmm. Dee Dee. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she said that she had bought it because she realized her phone could be tapped by police at any time, including – and that included calls to her attorney. So she got a burner, which just, like, seems so suspicious. Like, it just seems yeah. – it just seems so suspicious. Um, I do understand, like, thinking, I don't really want everyone in my business. For sure. But, same. But it's also – how do y'all not realize – I mean, you're just not doing nothing to make yourself not look like you've done something right. here. Right. Absolutely. Nothing. What the fuck? Never buy a burner phone. <laughs> Unless you need to. <laughs> not so that you can get away with murdering your stepson. <laughs> but other reasons, maybe you might need one. I mean, I practically have a burner, but not really – because I have straight talk wireless. Straight talk wireless. It's like a mu- it's like a month to month thing, but I, since it's recurring, it's just like I have a plan. regular plan. <laughs> but I just don't. I, I just had too many bad experiences with Verizon, like, AT&T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I I will not with you guys. Anyway, so okay. Okay, that's all I got. Well, so unfortunately, as it's now 2021 and Chiron would be, I was trying to think, oh, first of all, his disappearance was Friday. uh, How many years ago? 11 years ago. So I didn't even think about that. I mean, and how we've tried to record this about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. We've tried... We've tried to record this a million times, but and we're not recording it on that day now. But it is this actual time, eleven years ago. But we tried this to exact record time. it on June fourth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, what did that's and, so it, crazy. and and it was actually a Friday. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah, I know, isn't it? So anyway, but it's just one of those things where like 
it just there's like synchronicities whenever you do podcasts it seems like they just happen um but that's what happened here <laughs> um it's something i've wanted to do like a million for a million years but i just never have and then it, i ended up being right at the same time that he was actually kidnapped but uh, obviously nothing still has not happened nothing has happened um no one's been arrested his body has never been found. There's never been any indication that he's still alive out there living as a 18 year old. He would be now, um, unfortunately. And the caseless cold case now, I mean, I don't know if they call it a cold case, but it pretty much is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've reduced the investigative team to like two people. So very sad. Obviously I'm sure someone out there is going to be like, how dare you say that? Terry's the one that killed him. Well, we dare. We dare. <laughs> I call it, I call it like I see it. <laughs> Friend. Oh, so, okay. Cool. Thanks for Here stopping by, y'all. <laughs> thanks yeah. for your patience. Thank, thanks for just waiting, waiting, wishing, and hoping, and dreaming. <laughs> I don't know the words to that song. I'm praying. It's, I, I never just, know like what it is. I feel like it's hoping and wishing and praying and dreaming. But then you said hoping, it differently. Hoping for a new episode. Okay. Yeah. We're just, it's been I, – um, I moved twice in the last month. So mm-hmm. that's why we've been taking so long. It's been – it's my fault. So sorry, y'all. All right. Take it easy. Love you. Um, <laughs> All right. Take it easy. <laughs> It's just, time has, you know, the past few years have been hard, hard times, but it's okay. Okay, so, <laughs> but thank, but really thanks, we love you so much, and can't wait to see you next time. Love you. Love you, bye. Bye.